you've been seeking God for an answer for a long time during this fast. Some may be praying for family members or, or direction and, you know, God, where do you want me to go? Where do you, what do you want me to, to do? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a job or a career opportunity or, or those kind of decisions. Job situations, finances. Some of you have been asking God to just literally break things off. Oppression that's been on you. It could be depression. Some type of oppression. Some type of stronghold that you want God to just break off of your own life. Maybe in the lives of others. These things that you're asking God to break off of your life are slowing your spiritual growth. It's slowing the opportunity for you to get closer to God. But let me tell you today, there are promises, there are, there are things that are contained so clearly in the Scripture that God will give to those who seek Him. That God will give to those who seek Him. It's not a one-way street. There is requirements that we have as Christ followers to obtain and to receive all the blessings of God. All the fullness of what He wants to do in our lives. And it is my hope that as this 21-day fast, church-wide fast ends, I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, it's my hope that this becomes a part of our spiritual routines, our spiritual disciplines, if you will. Not 21 days and not, not, not every day. God will speak to you individually about what He would ask you to do in applying fasting and prayer into your ongoing spiritual journey. He'll do that if you ask Him. And if you seek Him, He'll speak to you on that matter. And I believe that this time that we have here in this 21-day fast is a time for some, maybe for many, that God has used to give you just a taste of what it is like to be or to pursue a deeper relationship with Him. I believe God's doing that. It's like, think about an illustration I was going to share about. There's a movie I saw one time. It was about guys that were in prison. And they tunneled out of a prison. I think this might have been based on a true story. I don't know. But they tunneled out and all they had was a spoon. A spoon. Took them 11 years. Think about that. 11 years with a spoon. And I'm going to just take it a spoonful at a time. And that's how they did it. And in this 11 year period, they spooned their way out of the prison they were in. And escaped. Tunneled their way out. Now, who would do that if they think it's going to take me 11 years to do it? A lot of people wouldn't even start. You see, I don't think that you need to look at it that way. I think it's similar to that in getting to a deeper, if you will, digging deeper to get closer in the relationship that you want to have with the Lord. Think about it like every day I'm going to take that spoon and I'm just going to take a spoonful of dirt, if you will, out of the ground, and I'm going to toss that aside. I'm going to go deeper the next day. I'm going to go deeper the next day. But I'm just going to do it a spoonful at a time. And then you'll find yourself and you'll find your life a year from now, two years from now, ten years from now, eleven years from now, where you will have tunneled out of all of the things that have caused you 
having difficulty. And then the good news is you can continue going deeper. But you'll look back at some point and say, man, I never thought I'd get here. All I was doing is doing it a spoonful at a time. But if you do it like that, it'll work. Take it that way. Don't overwhelm yourself. Get a taste of what God wants to do, and you'll want more, I promise you. Look at this. Psalm 34, 8 says this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord our God is good. It's good. I love the amplified version of this. How blessed, how fortunate, how prosperous, how favored by God is the man, is the woman, is the family, is the children, is the environment, is the church who will take refuge in him. How favored by God are all of us who will take and seek refuge in him. My prayer is and always will be that you, each and every one of you here, some that may not be here today, the people that consider them a part of this fellowship, my prayer for you, each and every one of you individually, is that you would experience the power of God in your life as real and as powerful as He can make it. That's my prayer. That's what He wants for you. That's what He wants for all of us. I pray that Jesus would make himself known to you in the real, true, powerful Savior that he is. That he would make himself known to each and every one of you. And that you, in turn, would make him known to a broken community that surrounds us. That's my prayer for this church. And it's the sincere desire of my heart. I can't tell you any more than that. It's the sincere desire of my heart that each and every one of you, your families, you individually, your children, your opportunities, whatever it might be, that you are blessed. It's my sincere desire as a pastor that that's what I see from you, that God is blessing you to the full extent of what he wants to do. To see your families, each and every one, come to know the Lord Jesus Christ in a personal, powerful way. That they and you grow each and every day, a spoonful a day, if you will. That you're growing into a healthy, spiritual life following the Lord. That's my sincere prayer for you. And let me tell you, this is the thing I'm talking about today. The way we grow the way we get deeper is to seek God. I'm going to say that one more time. I want everybody to say that with me. Seek God. Seek God. We'll talk about some of the things. Anyway, here's one thing. Paul writes about this. Different translations or different, uh, different terms, the, the one that, or different variations of this one I want to speak about today. So I'm putting it like this. That we take hold of God. We as believers... Wherever you are, a new believer or a mature believer, wherever you are, that we take hold of God. Paul talks about this in Philippians 3, 12 and 14. The Amplified Version says this. Now that I have already obtained it, not that, excuse me, not that I have already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like, or have already been made perfect, but I actively press on 
so that I may take hold of that perfection for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. And made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider it. Just consider that I have made it my own yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, forgetting the past, forgetting what's already happened, and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Take a hold of him today. Take a hold of him today. Reach for him today. You ask yourself, many people do, why am I here? Why do I exist? Why, what's my purpose? What, what, am I, what am I living for? Or maybe in some of your cases, well, what did God put me on this earth here to do? That's a question that gets asked a lot. Let me tell you where your answer is going to be found. Your answer is going to be found in a secret place. God gives his secrets to those who are willing to meet him in the secret place. He'll give it to you. Some of you just need, and I've made it many times throwing myself in this category, I say, some of us just need to get in that secret place, that quiet place. And let God speak into our lives that you are my child, that I love you, that I had you formed in the womb. I knew who you were. Your name is etched in the palm of my hand. We need to just hear God speak back to us. It's not enough for me to speak it to you or others to speak it to you. That's great. But we need to hear God speak that. Some of us just need to get quiet enough to hear that. To speak over you. I have a plan for your life. That plan is good. It's awesome. See, God desires to bless you. That is his desire. He, he wants to bless you. He wants to lead you in your life and withhold nothing from you that is his will for your life. That's what he wants to do. But he's already taken a hold of us. And the interesting thing about us, taking a hold of him is that you never can ever get to a place where there's not more that you can take a hold of. <laughs> there's always more of him, and that's okay. That's a good thing that you, you never get to that place where you've arrived in this, in this journey of following Christ. That's a good thing, in fact. See, God will reveal himself. Listen to this now. God will reveal himself, and I believe does reveal himself, to us each day as we live for him and as we seek him. He will reveal himself to you each day. Not every week, not when you're here in church. If you seek him, he'll reveal himself to you each and every day. Maybe it's a spoonful at a time. One thing I've experienced in my life, I'll tell you this, is a personal testimony. It's a fact that I know many of you have, and I know many people that this has happened in their lives. The more we involve ourselves in the things of God, the more we consume things of God, 
reading the word, praying, coming to church, fellowshipping with believers, believing that he is who he is and he is who he said he was, the more we involve ourselves with the things of God, the more we want of him. I'm going to tell you, that's exciting. Think about that for a minute. You're never going to get bored. You're never going to get tired of it. The more you involve yourselves with the things of God, the more you want of Him. Seeking. And I'm going to tell you, He satisfies us in those times. He'll satisfy us by, by, by leading us and revealing if we're seeking Him. For living for he will reveal his will to us. He'll direct our path. He'll lay out the steps. He'll order things in the way he wants it according to his will. And even though you may see those times where those things are satisfied in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit, you feel like that he's, wow, I really heard from God that there remains a hunger and a thirst for more of him, for intimacy, for closeness to God. I want to make sure you understand that today, each and every one. Because if you really seek Him, you'll want more. You'll want more. You'll want more. And let me tell you this too. God will always leave just enough space between us and Him for us to reach out, to reach to Him, to lean into Him, to depend on Him, to rely on Him, that we would truly take hold of Him. He's always just going to leave that space. It's like a uh, a little baby. So many of you have babies. Good to see you guys here today. God bless you. Many of you have babies, have had babies. I've had three children. Okay, so you've seen them. I, Christine and I are privileged to own an early learning center. We've seen it over and over with other people's children. Think about a baby as they get ready to walk. Now, first they crawl. Well, they don't even crawl. The first thing they do is scoot along on their, on their tummy. They just scooch. Then they get up a little bit on their hands and they start crawling. Then they get enough confidence where they start getting up on their feet. Now, they might hold on to some things as they're going, but they're getting the confidence, they're getting to rock it, they're starting to walk, they're holding on to things. Then sometimes they'll let go, and they'll start, they'll start walking, they're, they're wobbling a little bit, they'll start walking. Sometimes they get to a point, I don't know if you've ever seen them, it's the cutest thing to me. And so the baby will start walking, and they'll realize they're just not able to do it, or they lose their confidence, and they just sit down. <laughs> they don't fall down, they just sit down. But it's like that. If you think about, here's God. We are his children. There's just enough space between he and us that he wants us to walk. And yeah, we might wobble a little bit. Occasionally we might fall down. But we get back up and here he is saying, come on. Just like I said to my son, come on, Joshua. Come on. Come on, Jessica. Come on, Jackson. And they see you. And they know that you're there because you're not going anywhere, but there's just enough space between you and them that they need to close that gap. And as they walk and as they finally get there, they fall into your arms. Think about that as you're pursuing God. He'll always have just enough space, the important space, to grow you, to deepen your relationship. And when you get there, you're going to fall into the loving arms of a loving God. So take hold of God and seek Him. And when we do that, when we seek Him, let me tell you something. The anointing increases. The anointing will increase in everything that you do and everyone you talk to and all that you put your hand to. 
God said this, excuse me, I'm so sorry. God said this in Isaiah 58. I would encourage everybody here to read the chapter of Isaiah 58 once a week for the rest of this year. Take you two minutes to do it. Put that on your calendar. It's the fasting chapter of Isaiah. Isaiah 58. And he said, God said this, that the glory of the Lord would show up after, after, after we have given ourselves to the Lord in consecration. Look at the benefits of this. Now, here's this verse. This is just chapter, this is just verse 8 of chapter 58. Read the whole chapter. I don't have time for that today. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. How many people are glad that you got somebody protecting the rear? I'll tell you a quick story. We were in Israel a year and a half ago. We had a crowd of about 35 people from here. And so those of you that were on that trip know there's a lot of walking involved, right? <laughs> As we walked, we had a guide in front. We're all following him. But we actually had another handful of, I don't know, seven or eight other people that were on this trip with us in our group. And so they're walking. We're following the guide, getting from one place to the next because we didn't know where we were going. But there was somebody bringing up the rear, keeping everything in order. I'm going to tell you who it was. It was Charlie Coxwell, and it was Dominic Rodriguez. Okay? And what they did is they made sure everybody was accounted for. They were counting a lot. Making sure anybody needed help getting up and down a step, right in this back seat. Getting up and down a step, or if somebody looked like they might fall or be a little weak or need a drink of water, these guys were back there keeping the rear protected. Same thing here. The glory of the Lord, it says, shall be your rear guard. Three things in this verse I want to point out. Where it says, light break forth. I'd say, I'd change that even let my translation be, light break through. Like the dawn, quick. Have you ever seen how fast the sun comes up? When it starts coming up, it goes. Like the dawn. See, when light, listen to me now, when light breaks forth, that's deliverance. When light goes into the dark places, that's when breakthroughs happen. When light comes into darkness, darkness can't stay. Darkness doesn't stand up to light. What you want is the dark places in your life. The dark places are things that you're praying for. The things that may be holding you down and keeping you from the deeper relationship with God. What you want to do is flood the light on that. Flood the light on that. Light break forth. That's deliverance. How about righteousness? Righteousness shall go before you. Righteousness is this one way of explaining it. Righteousness is becoming more like God. Righteousness is becoming more like God because He is the ultimate righteous and holy. The other thing righteousness is is how about God revealing Himself to us every day? God. God reveals, or God, God has revealed to us in our brokenness, in the brokenness of our lives. God has revealed to us that allows us to live upright, to live right in His eyes. That's righteousness. Is God Himself being revealed to us in our brokenness? 
can result in that. In glory. <laughs> the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Boy, there's a lot of stuff you can talk about the glory of God. I, I'm making it a point to really just try to understand more and more and more about the glory of God. But glory, just this, I mean, so the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. This is the glory. The glory, the majesty, the marvelous, awesomeness, majestic, everything good that you could say about our all-powerful, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, God of the creator of the universe, this God, this God, that's the glory of that is protecting you in your rear guard. That's what Isaiah is saying here. Remember Moses in the encounter he had with God on Mount Sinai when he came down and the scripture says that that the, that the light shone or was, was shining off his face, that he was radiant. His face was radiant so much that he had to cover his face. That was he just being in the presence and, the, and seeing the, being exposed to the glory of God. That's what happened, Moses. You ever see the movie The Ten Commandments? Look at it again, that sunburn <laughs> when he came down. But whatever it was, I don't know because I wasn't there, but I can imagine it was just, the scripture says, Radiant. I feel that when I see radiant, I think radiating, pulsating, the glory of God. So listen, the more time we get alone with Jesus, the more times we find quiet moments with Him, the more we separate ourselves from the world. And I'm not just saying separate from the world of sin and temptation all that. That too. Going to meet in places you don't need to be, listening to jokes you don't need to listen to, whatever it all is, saying things you don't need to say, getting things out of your thought life. I'm not just talking about that separating things from the world, but separating yourself just from your cell phone or your smartphone, as they call it now, how smart it is. But separate yourself from a phone for a little while. Separate yourself from a TV for a little while. Get in a quiet place. Get in that secret place. Get in that quiet place. So when we do that, the more we separate ourselves from the world, the more we want to get alone with Him, the more that we will be transformed to be like Him. Never be like Him, 100%. But it will transform us, our body, our mind, our spirit. The Word says that. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Seeking Him, seeking Him, seeking Him. says this too in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. It says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness. When he created the world, that's what he said. Let there be light. Darkness covered. And light shone in. For let God who said, Let light shine out of darkness is the one who is shown in our heart to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory and majesty of God Clearly revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. I can't, I don't, I could talk about that verse. I don't have time today. The, the glory of the Lord, I don't The glory of the Lord is the Spirit of God in us and on us. Walk around with the Spirit of God working in you and on you. That's the anointing. This glory or this anointing of God is what will bring the breakthrough. 
It is what will break the bondage. It will what is what will set things straight. It's what will break the yoke. Isaiah ten twenty seven says in the King James version like this. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Increase the anointing. Seek God. Take a hold of him. Pray to increase the anointing in your life where the Spirit of God works in you and lives in you and is on you. In that context, the prophecy that Isaiah was talking about was about God breaking the oppression of the Assyrians. That was just going to be, that mean, literally just be broken off of them. But I believe it's a prophetic word for the modern day church today. You want yoke broken? You want something that's around your neck just holding you down? You want bondage broken? You want strongholds destroyed? Increase the anointing in your life. Be around people who are anointed and who are increasing the anointing in their life, using the power of God to speak to things, to break the yoke. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, burdens will be lifted, yokes will be broken, strongholds will be destroyed as the anointing increases in our lives. How do we get it? We seek Him. We seek Him. There's a lot of verses about seeking Him. I don't have slides with us. I'm going to just run through these very quickly. I could read this. We could come for the next six Sundays and just read Scripture. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Seek him. He will reward you. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by name, my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. You want to have change in America and move things in the right direction, in a godly direction? Seek Him. Seek God. Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You will find Him, folks. You'll find Him. Proverbs eight seventeen. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently find me. Psalm 34, 10. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good faith. That's the word of God, y'all. We can do this all day. Seek Him. Seek God. You want to take a hold of God? Seek God. You want to increase the anointing in your life? Seek God. You want to break bondage and yokes of being plaguing you? Seek Him. Part of doing that is fasting and prayer. Part of that, part of that's a lot of other things. Okay, right, Rob, would you come as we wrap up? So let me just say this last thing. This last thing. Take hold of Him. Pray 
Samuel and King. Let me just declare to you today, God does, in this day, 2019, God does amazing things. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Not miracles in the first century or, or B.C. or wherever it would be. It is a God of miracles that is a miracle-working God today. Am I right, Cheryl Cross? I could go on with this. Am I right, David Rebar? See a God of miracles today. Is he a God of miracles today? Yes, he is. He will do amazing things. Joshua was a great leader. I named my son after him. He had been with Moses through thick and thin. A lot of that was thin. Forty years. You know, another thing is, just want to just add this. I don't know what I'm going to about Have you ever had somebody say to me, boy, I could really follow God if I could just, somebody prove to me that he's real. If I could just have a sign. If I could see something that just, that, 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 you know, that, that, that made me know. Guess what? That's just an excuse. If you ever hear that, they don't, they, they're, they're confused. I believe the enemy is confusing. And here's why. The Israelites saw God bring locusts and eat up everything. They saw a river turn to blood. They saw their firstborn child saved because somebody put the blood on their door. They saw the Red Sea parted. What? There's a river, there's a sea, it just parted. We're going to walk across it. And then here come these guys after us, and it consumes them. They saw all that, and yet they were in disbelief, disobedience. It didn't matter. They had just seen it, and then they wandered around for 40 years. Don't ever let anybody tell you. But that's the reason that they're not believing, is because they can't see it. But Joshua did this. This is his time now. So he's about to cross and go into the promised land. The night before, he told the people, he brought them together, and he said this. Consecrate yourself. Consecrate yourself. Do I have that verse? Consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. In other translations, it says, Consecrate yourself for tomorrow, the Lord will do miracles among you. Another translation says, Consecrate yourself for tomorrow, God will do Wonders, miracles, amazing things, the scripture says. Amazing things are coming to you, First Assembly, if you seek God. Amazing things are coming to you if you will consecrate yourself, purify your heart, sanctify your life. Seek God, seek God, seek God. And let me tell you, amazing things will come your way. In your hearts, your relationships, your families, your finances, whatever it might be, you will stand amazed as you look at what the Lord is about to do for you. But for the Joshua generation, that was crossing over the Jordan. Come to the promised land. I'm here to tell you today, you're about to cross your Jordan. You're about to cross the Jordan. You're about to come into the good things that God has promised you. So stay dedicated, stay consecrated. And seek God with all your heart, your mind, and your spirit. Seek God. And the last thing today here. So the 
Thank you. 